Welcome back to the Montgomery Companies Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Montgomery, and today I'm with our guest and my friend, Tyler Dickerhoof. Tyler has logged over 20 years of experience starting multiple businesses that have generated more than $500 million in sales. Tyler is a leader, he's an entrepreneur, he's a speaker, he's a coach, he's a podcast host of the Impact Driven Leader Podcast. And he's hosted top thought leaders like John Gordon, John Maxwell, Brad Lominick, and Bob Berg. Tyler is a man of faith. He's married to his wife, Kelly. They have three children, check this out, ages 14, 13, and 12. He's a busy guy on a big mission to serve, lead, and impact others. And I can't wait to let you in on today's conversation. Tyler, I've waited for this conversation for quite some time, brother. It is a privilege to have you on our show. Thanks for being here. Well, vice versa, dude. Um, glad to be here. Glad to chat with you, learn more about you. And and really just uh, as I approach these, is how can I serve people? And uh, my desire today is to serve you, serve your audience, and, and hopefully just share a different perspective. Well, I know you'll share a different perspective because you have a different background. And you've got a lot of perspective just because of the different hats that you've worn, because of the different roles that you've played, because of the different businesses that you've been a part mm-hmm. of, could you take some people through your journey? I know it well, I've heard it multiple times, but you've got a really fascinating <laughs> background. Can you take us back to the early days of Tyler Dickerhoof? Oh man, fascinating background. That's one way to describe it. I would have not have described that in uh, it that way in junior high school, um, but uh, I am a Buckeye. Uh, and so happy that you got my good friend Roy Hall on here to to give your Hawkeyes just a little bit of heat because they deserved it. But uh, I'm a Buckeye. I'm from Ohio. Um, grew up on a dairy farm in Northeast Ohio. So my roots are in agriculture. Um, for 13 years professionally, I participated in agriculture in the dairy industry. I was a nutritionist for dairy cows. And some people are like, what? But just imagine if you were to go to like a gym and there's a diet uh, dietitian there. And that person tells you what to eat. Well, I did that for cows. And uh, so I did that for 13 years. My dad did that as well. So I understood it. But we also had a dairy farm. Um, I left Ohio, went to New York, uh, went to school in New York and saw more snow than I'd ever seen in my life. So then I ended up in California, spent a few years there. And now I live in the state of Washington, been here about 12 years. Um, and so there's, there's been some different career paths in there. Like I said, you know, start out of college as a nutritionist for dairy cows, uh, did that for 13 years and just had this like challenging moment of like, is this what I want to do? That was an 08, 09. I was, uh, in my late twenties, just becoming a dad and realized oh, I want something different. Moved to Washington, still maintain that business, but, uh, took on a career as a, um, consultant for commodity markets, did that for four years. Um, my wife and I got exposed to network marketing, would have never guessed I would be involved in that, started a gym, own some commercial real estate now, really getting enthralled by leadership through that whole process. And so now it's it's really being a student and really a shepherd of leadership to others is is what I'm passionate about. And finally, in the last couple of months, all of that. All right. Now I'm in my early forties, finally understand what I'm here to do. And it is combining a lot of these different things. It's to help other leaders get healthy too. I had to get healthy emotionally, physically, relationally, spiritually. And I understand that's, there's a huge need for it. 
everyone in the world. So that's a big uh, nut uh, to kind of all digest and go through. But that's kind of why I'm how I got to where I'm at now. Well, you talked about being a student and you are a student and I've watched you learn from others and connect with others. We're going to talk about connection here in just a second. Before we talk about connection, I want to talk about learning. One of the people that you've had the fortunate opportunity to learn from is your good friend and mentor, John Maxwell. And we've got a lot of listeners on this podcast that I'm sure listen to Maxwell and have learned from Maxwell. Uh, You get to share a friendship with him. So Mm -hmm. can you tell us what that's been like? You know, number one, how did you get to know John? And then number two, what have you learned from John Maxwell, the leadership guru? Oh, man. Um, so it's a funny story how I got to know John. Uh, one of the things through my through my life and my journey is I've had the opportunity to have a few mentors in life. Uh, when I was growing up, I thought I was going to be a veterinarian. And starting when I was eight through probably 19, um, about once a month, one Saturday a month, I would spend time with the veterinarian that served our farm. And uh, I mean, that went on for 11, 12 years. And, you know, looking back, the mentorship that I got from him and, and, um, that was impactful. And then there's been a few other advisors and people, but no one really professionally. And, um, so year 2017 and I have as part of my goals for the year to find a mentor. And so I I reached out to someone that I know you admire tremendously. was a mentor from afar, Craig Rochelle, and I was just kind of looking for something wasn't something he was taking on, wasn't something he was doing. And I continued to have this thought. And in July of 2017, my wife was uh, scrolling through Instagram and sees this advertisement for a John Maxwell program called the Executive Circle, uh, a program that they're relaunching. Joel Mamby is going to be hosting that again. And uh, we looked at it, described it. It was for corporate executives. I'm like, I'm in. And it was partly because I was looking for someone outside of the industry we were working in network marketing because I always viewed it as different than a lot of others. And uh, so we joined this program. It was at Chick-fil-A. That's where I got to meet John. And it became this amazing experience now over four years later of I don't know what my life would be today without him. And, and I've, you know, and I've said this to him and in you know, whether it be at lunch or somewhere different, um, I don't think I'll be able to comprehend his impact on my life until he's no longer around. And, and even so, I, as I've evolved and grown, kind of seeing some of that, and it's, it really is for an opportunity. And I think this is the greatest lesson that I've learned that I've applied to my life. He believed in me. Mm. That's it. Mm. Plain and simple. He mm-hmm. looked at me, whether it was him or Mark Cole, his um, now owner of that business, the, the CEO, um, probably two individuals that at a point in my life believed in me more than I believed in myself. And now I understand a leader's greatest opportunity is to believe in someone. If you believe in them, man, they'll be able to do anything. I just saw this last night just, this is fresh off the press. I don't even know the author of it. Um, and it was, it profiles the, the, the new England Patriots dynasty. And it talks about Brady talks about Belichick talks about craft. You didn't think I'd roll sports into this, did you? But anyways, I'm ready for it. (laughs) it, it, It broke down LeBron and Michael Jordan and Tiger Woods and Tom Brady. And this is the, the unique, 
um, difference that Tom Brady had, according to this book that's coming out. And Belichick founded this, this study. And the difference with Brady is, is a, some of them had like angst, like they were just trying to overcome. Brady thrives in a loving, supportive environment. You know who else thrives in loving and supportive environments? Everyone in the world. Hmm. Everyone in the world. And so that's, that's the impact they've had on me and that I've tried to replicate and, and lead by example and, and grow because, um, man, it, it's the biggest superpower you have as a leader to bestow on others. But at the same point, someone else's belief in you, oh my goodness, you, you'll be able to accomplish something you never thought was possible. Well, your guy, John Maxwell, owns the rights to one of my favorite quotes. He says, people will go farther than they think they can when mm-hmm. someone else thinks they can. And it's cool yeah. that you can say, hey, yeah, that, that's me. I've, I've picked that up from him. But I know one of the reasons that you were able to learn from John is because you connected with John. And I know it's, you said, hey, I, I kind of enrolled in this program, but there's, there's more to it than that. And I know that, and you know that. Uh, you have a way of making people feel special, welcomed, invited, uh, you're generous. I mean, dude, when somebody comes into your circle, uh, they become, I mean, you make people feel like you are their best friend and they're your best friend and you are generous and you're giving. And the way that you tee people up, like you've just connected me to some people. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like the best introduction I've ever received. And how do you even <laughs> know this stuff? And so you are literally world-class. Um, and, and David Nurse, our mutual friend is also that way. Like just has mm-hmm. the gift of connection. When you think about connecting, because this comes so natural to you, it doesn't to everyone on the planet. It comes natural to you. Mm-hmm. What do you think about Tyler? What makes somebody a, a truly great connector? You know, there's a lot of layers in there. I, it's probably been one of those gifts that I've had, but never knew that I had. And it was probably a lot of it was hampered for much of my life even though I didn't have the idea that it was hampering me. I mean, I look back at as you're sharing that and I'm thinking back, it's like, all right, Tyler, when did this start to really click? And it's like, man, I remember going when I was little and I would go to like camps and summer camps and I would be friends with everyone. I enjoyed that. I loved going. I'm an extrovert. And I love that. And, and connecting. And as you say, and it's curiosity, it's being curious about other people, wanting to know other people. However, for a large part of my life, and it still happens, that is overshadowed by insecurity. And, and I believe that is, is a plight of so many people is that their insecurity actually overtakes their ability to connect. And it, it's when you become comfortable in yourself or comfortable in this situation, comfortable in, oh, I have value to bring here. And that was my holdback for so long. It's like, what value do I have? And it's, you know, fast forward a few years and, and probably the, the point that it said, Hmm, I want to use this as not only a skill, but if I had an opportunity in life where later people thought about, man, I'm so thankful for Tyler because of X, Y, and Z. And I thought about when I read the book, go giver by Bob Berg, you mentioned Bob Berg earlier. 
And when he describes Pindar, if you have not read the book, I highly recommend you read the book. And here's this gentleman who no one really understands anything about, but they're like, he's always in the place to connect people. He is the guy. Mm. And when I talked to Bob and, and when I read the book, it's like, that's the guy I want to be because I want to be that person that it's one of the things that I've learned. And we, we've talked, you know, a little bit of bantering here about sports. I mentioned a little bit about Belichick. I've learned a tremendous amount of leadership and, and personal ability because of Belichick. But then as well, I love to be a part of a team. If we were sitting here and Tom Brady's on here with us and we're talking to Tom, it's like, Tom, is it about you? He'd be like, no, dude, I'm six, four. I got a cannon of an arm, but I can't move, but I'm really smart. He understands. I need the other 10 people out there. I Mm. need the other 11 on defense so I can be, you know, the best football player to have ever lived. I, you can see that humility in him because what's amazing is I go back to that thing I shared earlier where he thrives in a community with acceptance and encouragement and love. That means he wants to be around people because that's where he thrives. And that's one of the things that I've learned about myself. It's like, man, I just want to be part of the team. Like I'll come, I'll do my thing. I'll, you know, bring what caveats I have to bring. And yet I love to be a part of that team. I'm not a, I've struggled at life when I've been a man on an Island. Yeah. And I really think deep down there's a, from a leadership point of view, when we feel like we're on an Island is when we get in trouble. Mm. So true. So true. Community is so important. And, you know, as as you're sharing it, I'll just add to what you shared about connecting. I think it's a posture of humility and I think it's a heart of gratitude right? If you have a posture of humility and a heart of gratitude, you are really well positioned to connect. And that's your magic. It's the humility combined with the gratitude combined with the courage. Cause you got to reach out, right? You got to put yourself mm-hmm. out there. Um, but like when we connected, it's like, Hey man, I appreciate what you're doing. Love what you're putting out into the world. Thanks for what you're sharing. Okay. Gratitude. And inside of that is humility. Cause you can't say that to someone unless you're willing to humble yourself, because here you are, this very impressive business leader who's built cultures and companies and you've driven results, but you've got enough humility inside of you to say, I really respect what you're doing, even though you've done a lot. So I just think that is so uh, profoundly who you are. And then the the last thing I'll say, Tyler, uh, about the connection piece is connecting people become connected people. And our audience probably gets tired of me saying that because I say it often, but (laughs) connecting people become connected people. Like you are a connected person because you've spent your life connecting people. And when you give it away, it always comes back to you. That's how it works in the economics of human interaction, Mm -hmm. right? Bob Berg would say that. And I I think that quote about, you know, the world is a looking glass that gives back to each person reflection of their own image. If you want introductions, give introductions. If you want referrals, give referrals. Yeah. If you want totally. connections, give connections and you do that so well. So there, there's two things that are really striking me that I think are important. Uh, you said from the standpoint of connecting with John and, and connecting. And one of the things that I've, I've understood now is it's easiest to connect with people when there's a foundation of values. Mm. You can't connect with people if there's not at least some foundation of values. Now, 
all those values don't have to be the same. But for example, I look at someone like yourself and I admire you. You're this dad. Now you chose to be a dad to two girls and that was your choice. I admire that tremendously. I have two brother-in-laws who've done the same. I have people and friends and family and it's like, that's a choice you have to take that I admire tremendously, but that's a value. I understand that's a value to serve. That's a value to be an example. That's a value. I can connect with that. But if you had different values, if, if integrity, if family, if it was more on fame, if it was look at me, if it is, you know, look at what I'm doing, I don't connect with that. You know, when you talk about, you know, John Maxwell, John is one of the most humble Mr. Magoo's that I know. Now, he's an extremely talented, smart guy, but yet he makes fun of himself. And I think he does it as much as I've been around him to keep himself humble and realize I'm not that good. And, and that's something that I believe every leader should do something to keep them humble. One of the things I do, and you bring up my varied background, it's still important to me today. I have, I own cows. I own some beef cows. I own some dairy cows. I grew up on a dairy farm. I have cows at my house that I take care of twice a day, every day. Why? because it keeps me humble. I enjoy doing it, but I also understand I can be on this conversation and I know what was on my hands or my boots earlier today. You know what? I'm no better than anyone else. As uh, you know, there's a guy that I think I just, you know, hopefully connected you with Mike Arietta, who, you know, I talked to the other day and his view on that similar is like everyone pees and poops is what he said. I'm like, yes, I love that because for years I've said everyone gets up at three in the morning to pee too. If you're listening to this, you're not alone, okay? It's the rare night you don't have to. But that's a values basis. That's from values you connect. And then beyond that, it comes down to how can I add value to someone? And maybe I don't know what I can add value. And I learned this early in my professional career. And I worked with this guy and he went to Cornell University as well. He was in the same fraternity. He was a few years older and we got to work together and admire him tremendously. And he would ask me the, what I thought were the simplest questions. I'm like, Doug, come on. Like you've asked me this six times. You're a smart guy. Why are you asking? Well, it was one, because that was an area he was needed help in. Great. I can help you. But his best attribute still to this day, his number one attribute, and this is going to age a lot of people listening to this was his Rolodex. That's how I'm going to describe it. It was his contact list. So he could pull up his phone and he said, Jordan, you have XYZ business problem. Great. I know the person to solve it for you. If, if I'm consulting with you and you're like, Tyler, help me out here. I just, we got to fix this problem. And if I said, Jordan, I'm not the guy, but I can get you the guy. You're going to have as much reverence as for me as you are him, because I help solve that problem. Mm. I had to learn that lesson the hard way. And that's again, from reading the go giver, from seeing that example to say, it's actually worse when I try to be the guy, even if I can, because then you look at it, it's like, who is this? You know, who is Tyler? Right. Why can he do all these things as opposed to, Oh, you know what? I'm, you know, I enjoy mindset, but let me connect you with my buddy Colin because he's next level. Oh, you want to talk about motivation, inspiration, go back and listen to, you know, Roy Hall, the, the podcast that you guys did, dude, that guy will fire you up any day of the week. And then some, 
And, yeah. and it, it's, that's where it, it comes down to breaking past some of those insecurities. And it's, we all have them. Every mm-hmm. single person has insecurities. And the sooner we come to grips with what it is and how it shows up means that we can overcome it. And mm-hmm. I believe this though, when it comes to connection and as a leader, your ability to connect is your number one attribute. It, it's right there with belief because you can't pour belief into someone if you don't connect with them. Mm. And that is active, healthy empathy because connecting, you can't connect with people without being empathetic with them. You can't overcome your insecurities without practicing empathy. And connection is the, is the, the, the piece that surrounds all of it. So good. Yeah. Active, healthy empathy. I love what you shared. And I also love that you follow what Jesus taught about considering others ahead of yourself. Cause everything that you just talked about had to do with considering others first, considering Colin, considering Roy, I'm not the master. I don't need to be the master. I don't need to be the best. I know other people who are really gifted. And let me just consider these people before I consider myself part of your magic. I want to move to leadership. You run the impact driven leader podcast, amazing podcast that everybody should go check out. Uh, I think it's everywhere where podcasts can be found. And you've literally interviewed some of the world's top leaders and you've spent time with the world's top leaders. You are someone who loves the topic of leadership. So here's my big question. And we could schedule another episode just to talk about the topic of leadership. But if I could ask you one question on topic of leadership, here it is. What is the greatest leadership lesson that you have ever learned? Mm-hmm. It's what I shared earlier. It's about belief. Mm. It, it really, as a leader, nothing else matters. You know, and, and tied with belief, you can't have belief without vision, without hope, without those other pieces. Yeah. You know, yeah. how you live out that belief is a big part of it. But if you have a belief, as a leader, and it will go back to the, the definition from John Maxwell that leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. Mm-hmm. But if you can't have influence without belief, the, the uh, belief that I can influence someone, the belief that, man, Jordan, if we go on this journey together, we can accomplish that. Not because you can do it and I can't, not because I can do it and you can't, but we together can go there. That's based upon belief and living out belief. And what I've seen in my own life is when I either didn't believe in myself or if I didn't have someone else to believe in me, I struggled. That's when my insecurities just overtook me. And it's, it's part of that as well from a, from, you know, a caveat when you, when you talk about the humility piece is when your insecurities start to, you know, really take control, your humility really struggles. Because that's the, that's how it really shows up in a lot of cases. And, and we have that, those ebbs and flows. And, and sometimes when we get into this path, especially as driven leaders, right? As driven people, we think we are going to serve everyone. Mm. And that can be one of the most selfish acts we can actually, you know, display. Because when we're saying I'm going to serve everyone, I'm going to find my value there. There's two people I don't serve myself and whoever made me 
because that is not what you were put here for. Mm -hmm. And if you're not serving yourself, that's really being selfish in and of itself. Because if, if I can't take care of me, if I'm not healthy, wholly healthy, and part of that is understanding what I can and can't do, then there's no way that I can fully serve others. And sometimes meaning it's like, hey, I'm not the guy for that. Oh, I shouldn't put that on my plate. What is my priority list? Where do those lie in? Is it, is it my spouse? Is it my family? Or do they get kind of pushed to the side because I try to do everything else because that's where I'm trying to find value in life. And that's a constant everyday struggle. It's kind of how I view mindset. And, and, and I believe this is you have to work on it every single day. It's like showering. Yeah. If you go a day or two without showering, you start to stink. If you go a day or two without focusing on your mindset, finding ways to be aware of your surroundings, blind spots, you're going to start to stink. And the longer that goes, the worse it gets. It, it's going to be pretty nasty eventually. And I've been there in that hole. Uh, I've heard from you. I know that as I see you shaking your head, I, You've been in those places. You, yeah. you haven't gone through life if you haven't seen those circumstances. That's the plight and journey of every person and every leader. It comes down to is what are you doing to fix it? And more importantly, and I've heard you say this, it's why. Hmm. Because it's not when, if it happens again, it's when it happens. When are you going to be challenged and what choices are you going to make differently? Who have you surrounded yourself with? What things are you reading every day? Where is your focus? That's what's going to keep you from falling again. If you don't put those things in place, you're going to end up right back in the same hole. Well, I'm going to go back to you know where we started with, when you were sharing about belief, right? And I appreciate yeah. that you were willing to stay on topic. Because sometimes when we're asked the next question, it's like, okay, I have to have a different answer. And you're like, did no, I stay I on topic? You're saying I stayed on yeah, topic. No, I don't know, dude. Okay. Well, you did by saying I already, like I answered that. Let me go back to what I already said. I yeah. believe, right? Great yeah, leaders stay on topic. Seriously. Like yeah. the, the best parents, the best teachers, the best pastors, the best leaders, they stay on topic. I mean, how many times you have to tell your kid the same thing because your kid doesn't necessarily need something new. What they need is to be reminded of the truth. And so there's a, there's a leader listening and they're thinking, I got to go give my people the new idea, the new strategy, the new concept. And what you heard Tyler say, and I just want to underscore this, is give them belief. Yeah. You know, remind them of who they were made to be, remind them of the gifts that they have, and believe in them. And when you choose to believe in people, it's always the right choice. There's never always. like a time where you're like, I encouraged their heart. I talked about their gifts. I, I spoke truth in life about who they were made to be. And I regret it. Like that will never happen no. as a leader, right? Never happens. So, so thank and you. Even believing in them can believe in them to say you're on the wrong team, dude. That's you right. You need to go find the other team that best fits you. But I believe in you. It isn't just right. saying, oh, I believe in you. You can succeed here. It's like, I believe in you. You need to go find a new team. How can I help you go there? Because I believe in you so much to know that you're going to thrive somewhere else. And I think that's one of those, uh, caveats of leadership to understand, you know, it goes back to Bill Belichick. Okay. What is he, if you're not an NFL fan, okay, just understand, listen to the context here. It, one of the best things about Bill is he's like, do your job. I'm not going to ask something that you, I don't believe you can do because if there's something I don't believe you could do, I'm either going to ask someone else or you're no longer on the team. It's plain and simple. Yeah. It yeah. is what it is. 
Um, and I think you, to, to tie into something that you were saying there and it, it's, uh, I tried to look for it. I couldn't find it. I, I know I didn't dream it. Um, my son is, is playing in a pretty high level soccer league and I've gotten to now be a part of the coaching staff. And it's been fun because it's been a way for me to learn. It's like, I grew up playing soccer. I love all sports, but his head coach is a um, former professional player that has coached at a high, high level. And so it's fun to learn. He talks about soccer. We both talk about leadership and it's fun. And one of the things that I saw from a, a showcase they were at is that coaching is not about, you know, conveying what, what you want people to do. Coaching is learning how to communicate so other people understand what the, 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 the strategy, the tactics and success are. So, so often as leaders, we can get frustrated. Oh, we're saying the same thing over and over again. That's a you problem. That's not a them problem. It's like sitting here saying, if I was speaking in Spanish and you're like, Tyler, I don't understand you. And I continue to speak in Spanish. I'm like, dummy, I'm talking to you, right? I mean, it's, it's no, I have to learn how to speak your language so you can hear it. And that's from a leader, from a coach's point of view, it's saying, okay, how many different ways can I say this? How many different languages can I say it in order that they understand? Because until they understand and then they go do it, it's on me. It's not on them. Mm. And as parents, I believe, and as leaders, I believe, I think what happens is, is we distill what you've learned here the last, you know, 30 minutes or so. And you just say, oh here you go. There's a great podcast. Learn from it. It's like, no, how can I see you empathize with you, connect with you, believe in you in such a way that I'm going to say, Hey, Jordan, I know you're a Hawkeye. You know, let's talk about CJ Beathard. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about Nate Kading. Let's talk about something you could connect and relate to. That's my job as opposed to, hey, I'm going to tell you about Greg Fry, who is this amazing quarterback at Ohio State and expect you to understand what he was able to accomplish. You're like, dude, no, I don't connect with that. I don't relate to that. That's not my language. So yeah. that's part of that, that whole connecting, that, that leadership responsibility, that communicating responsibility to add in one more layer. This is my belief. If we're unwilling to do that as a leader, then our insecurity is overcoming our position. So true. It's so true. Well, yeah, I think self-awareness gets back to the understanding of how you're being perceived by the world around you. Yeah. You know, I think as leaders, we got to focus more on how people are hearing us instead of what we're saying which is hard to do, right? Because we have a tendency to focus on what we're saying on the words that we use. It's really not about the words that you use. It's about what people hear. And then the last thing I'll just underscore um, that, that you sort of touched on, Tyler, is this idea that I, I can't lead you if I need you, which comes from Maxwell, right? Like if I need you to be my friend, if I need you to be comfortable around me, then I'm going to have a really difficult time leading you. Because you said that, right? The sharing belief, depositing belief doesn't mean it's all about like, warm and fuzzy. Sometimes it's, Hey, I believe in you so much that I'm not willing to accept this current version of you. I mm -hmm. believe in you so much that I'm not willing to tolerate 
some of the stuff that I'm seeing. I believe in you so much that, gosh, I need to tell you, you got to be in a different position or you, you have to wear a different hat based on your skill set. And those are all difficult conversations. But I think the leader signs up for a lifetime of difficult conversations. I know you're having uh, a bunch of them. I, I'm going to put, I'm going to frame that a different way. Courageous conversations. Mm, it's good. Because difficulty are, are, Barriers, and I actually just shared this earlier. Difficulty are barriers that help hone us and get us, you know, make us better. Mm. If we're looking at those, all oh, those difficult conversations, like every time you got to open your mouth, it can be a difficult conversation, right? It's like, what words am I going to say? I don't want to offend them. But if you go to it with courage, hey, I'm courageous enough to know this matters. And I'm going to overcome whatever pressures come at me. Dude, that's a whole different frame of mind. And I believe one of the greatest, you ask superpowers or, or what I'm good at connecting. I enjoy it. I don't know how good I am at it, but I love it. And maybe that's where it is a superpower. But one of the things that I've understood, I come alive when I'm able to be courageous. I think it's part of being an Enneagram eight. I think it's part of like, just I'm here to do what I do, but I also know this. I went about it the wrong way, just trying to survive, which is just put my head down and push. And that didn't help. I was listening to a podcast this morning and it talked about this guy who has just an amazing attitude and he's always got a smile on his face. And I stopped and realized, Ooh, that's what sometimes gets me in trouble. If I had a smile on my face more often, then, hey, we can go and put our head down and push. You know, it's like you're in the huddle and the, you're looking at the guy or you're, you're on the, you know, you're in the board meeting and you're looking at them and they're smiling at you and you say, Jordan, I believe in you. Let's go out there and let's go do this. And you put your head down and push. You're with that guy. But if you come in and he's got this furrowed brown, he's just like, he's so intense and you're like, dude, what's his problem? Like, I'm going to stand to the side because I don't want to get run over. I was that guy. Mm-hmm. I was that guy because that's how I got through life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll share this. And, and this is a piece and a part why, where that came in and how I had to overcome it. When I was 14, I had a younger brother who died. He died in a farming accident. He was three. I was 14 and I drove over him. And, and I'm going to share this graphic piece because it ties all this, put my head down and push. Um, I was standing outside of our barn where our cows were and I'm talking to the sheriff who's there to assess the situation. He's sitting on the hood of his car. I'm standing up on this tiny little five foot. Uh, I was, I guess I would, I'd grown then. I was five, seven at that point. I was like huge. And, um, I'm talking to him and he's like, Hey, tell me what happened. I'm like, dude, I've answered all your questions. I'm done with this. I'm going to go in that barn. I'm going to go take care of those cows because no one else is going to. If you want to ask me more questions, you're welcome to come with me. And it wasn't till about maybe three, four years ago now. So that happened in 1994, 27 years ago. It was 23, 24 years later. I finally understood. Oh, that's how I got in trouble is I didn't smile. I put my head down and I just pushed. And as I just shared with you that experience that, that hit my mind this morning, if, if we're pushing a sled, if we're going and you're like, oh, he's with me, let's go. You're in it. 
but only if I connected because I smiled and said, oh, we got this. But if I just put my head down and push, then you're like, what's his deal? Why is it all about him? And for 24 years of my life, people are like, dude, what's his deal? Why is it all about him? And you know, the crazy thing is, it was never about me. I just wanted to be a valued piece of the team. So um, I share all that to give context to where, how I've gone through it, what I've learned through it, but it, it really is about that stopping and smiling and connecting and saying, hey, I believe in you. Mm. Let's do this. Well, brother, I believe in you and I believe in active, healthy empathy uh, I believe in depositing belief. I love what you said about, you know, people will go farther than they think they can when someone else thinks they can. Um, I've watched you connect. I've watched you encourage and believe in others around you and you're making a difference. So um, where can people find you? Cause I know there's a bunch of people listening. They're like, I need to get more of this guy. I'm going to follow this guy. You're one of the greatest followers on social media. you got this amazing podcast. Let us in on how we follow Tyler. Yeah. So uh, website, tylerdickerhoof.com. I imagine it'll be in the show notes. You can find me on Instagram. There are two others. Look for the bald guy. Seriously, there's two other people in the world with the same name. Uh, LinkedIn, Facebook. Uh, would love for you to listen to the podcast that uh, you mentioned earlier, the Impact Driven Leader podcast. Um, and so thankful for the connections you've made that uh, have been some amazing guests on the show and and look for it. And, and just part of that is to serve and, and add value. And, and I hope I've done that today. I hope you've gotten value. I hope everyone listening has as well. And Jordan, thank you for doing what you're doing and, and just continuing to be the voice that you are um, in your world and, and sharing what God has put on your shoulders. And, and I appreciate it tremendously, man. Well, we have a long journey ahead of us, man. Uh, just a lifetime of friendship and good conversation and collaborating and doing a lot of stuff together. So I'm excited for that. Uh, God bless you. I wouldn't know Roy Hall Jr. I wouldn't know my brother Colin Henderson if it wasn't for you. I know we run in a bunch of the same circles and I look forward to serving others with you and creating impact together. So thanks for being you, brother. I appreciate you so much. Thanks one last time for being on the show. Oh, thanks for having me, dude. This has been another episode of the Montgomery Companies Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Montgomery. And again, from the bottom of my heart, I just want to say thank you for listening. Thanks for joining us today. I hope you found value in today's conversation with Tyler Dickerhoof. If you did, I would love it if you would like, share, or subscribe to this podcast in an effort that we might move our mission of impact forward. I also want to give a shout out to Tyler for his donation of time uh, to our community and also say thanks to our producers, James Roth and John Choate of Storyline Multimedia. Until next time, be great, be well, have an awesome day.